Yeah. It's first person. It's just always bums me I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm 100% with you. But Cyberpunk, at this version, uh, it's a really good game. It's yeah. a re- and, you know, th- this is from, uh, oh, my God, what is this? Project... Project Red, the one that did the yeah, Project Red, that did Witcher, Witcher and all that stuff. Yeah, Witcher. Yeah, yeah. So they I'm like, yeah. I mean, I think they, like I said, I I saw all the rumblings when it first came out. Like people that had Xbox bought it and then returned it automatically because it was broken. And then I saw like people on PC loved it. They they enjoyed it from top to bottom. But then console players it took a long time for them to get to it because they had to do patches and this and that. And now that so, they released the DLC, everything cleaned up and everything else. I just now played it like last month or something like that. And it's been yeah. super fun and super engaging. So I, as a, as a person that's not the biggest, um, like third person shooter, like it actually has been keeping my interest the whole time I've been doing it. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. I think Starfield is going to have the same, same yeah, situation. I've, I've I, I, I really want to hear your, uh, quasi in-depth fina- uh, analysis of Starfield. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much a, a game at this, at this point. Nice. All right, let's do it. So, as you guys have heard, welcome everybody to Blurred Lines. This is your man Cam. With me, as always, is the Magical Negro Cam Two, <laughs> as well as <laughs> the Professor, aka the Witch Boy. <laughs> and uh, we're back here, uh, top of the year. Happy New Year's, everybody! I guess the, the oh. statute of limitations oh, on New Year's is now over. Now, <laughs> wait, wait. So let me get everybody's take on when. Is is it appropriate to stop saying Happy New Year's? I used to give people a week. Now I'm like January third. Every third, I'm like, All right. yeah. It's with me. It's it's after January first. The the phrase Happy New Year falls out of my lexic out of my vocabulary. I All just right. I just I usually unless now I'm just joking. I it depends on when I see people. Like obviously within that first week, I usually say it, but. Uh, past the third or like the fourth, I'm I'm done. I'm like not even thinking about it anymore. That's funny. I mean, you know, Larry David had his thing about you know, was it seven days or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that joke where the guy's like, "Happy New Year." He's like, "Too late." You missed. Yeah. <laughs> you missed yeah. He's like, they "Nah, just let it go. Just let it go." Shout out to Larry David coming back for one final season. Yeah, man. Yeah, and, and the promos are great. Like yeah. that, there's a teaser where he's like walks up to a um, a UFO that lands over hovers lands in LA, and uh, the he, an alien walks out, and then Larry walks up to him, and they just look at each other, and then Larry takes off the mask revealing that he was an alien this whole time. <laughs> and then he walks on the ship and he's like, uh, you know, just saying, he's, he's like, uh, by the way, who's who's the, the idiot that designed this this face? <laughs> so, so basically, he in the last season, he's um, he's leaving, leaving the Earth. He's revealed himself to be an alien. That's why he's so, so anti-human. <laughs> the, the dude is so funny and I laugh because like that show could literally go on forever <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna do a a rewatch of that post that whole thing um, yeah I've caught it like in iterations in certain seasons I haven't watched it continuously um, but I'm very much a fan of Curb so yeah it's one of those great sitcoms that you don't even like if you 
you know, saw a couple seasons and then you walked away from it and then came back. It's like you didn't you didn't really miss anything. Larry David is still Larry David and the the humor is still sharp and still strong. I mean, they were he was gone for like 10 years between like season seven and season eight. <laughs> and then like another four or five between the next couple seasons. So um it was kind of dope that you know HBO gave him that open contract. You know, I mean he's proven himself. This is a Emmy multi-time Emmy award winning show and not to mention the creator of Seinfeld. So they're just like, you know, it's it's not it doesn't have to be the end, you know, but yeah. I was gonna say if you're the creator of Seinfeld and this show, you got a you got a good standing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it's like you can do whatever you want, pretty much. Yeah, and also it's like one of those shows, like you said, like there is, there's truly no ending, so it can just literally go on for out however it was, however long they want. And so yeah. it's just the fact that he's like, oh, I still want to do it. They're just like, oh, cool. What you need? How much money you need? All right, make that happen. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so tonight, today we're talking about video games. All of us are uh, gamers in different capacities. Some are hardcore, some are middle, some are casual. I'm more on the casual side. I still play. I love playing video games, but I'm not as on it as a lot of stuff. Um, everyone's been playing different games all week, all these last six months at the very least. Uh, some blockbusters, some indie stuff, some just different things. But we wanted to take a uh, take at least an episode to talk about all the games that we're playing, what we're enjoying, what we're looking forward to. Things are there's last year was a crazy year for games just in general. There's like blockbuster after blockbuster, all these really really dope games. I mean, I still got games in my queue that I really want to play, but I'm like, uh, am I gonna play it today or the next month? No. All right, let me just wait for the Pope sale <laughs> and get for it. Those, right. Wait, wait, we gotta explain what the Pope sale. Is. <laughs> So, uh, for long-time listeners of the chat, the Pope is a reference to one of the OG hosts of the Old Table of Truth, and uh, he he is known for uh, I don't want to say being cheap, but very uh, pragmatic and economical for when he gets his games. Uh, and so, we always reference anything we want to get on sale or very cheap. The Pope sale. Yep. <laughs> That's very true. Frugal man, frugal man. But it's but also it's also smart because you know the philosophy more is all right. Are you going to be playing this game right now or at the next month? No. Yeah. All right, you can wait. So it's like, do you want to drop 60, 70, 70 bucks for a game right now that you know you're not going to play at least for a month or two? Then wait those two months, and by that time it's thirty five dollars or it's thirty dollars or it's whatever dollars. And Unless so, it's Grand Theft Auto or or anything. Yeah, there, there are exceptions by, to the rule. Yep. By Rockstar, and I don't mean to say that you have to that you need to have that compulsion to go out and spend eighty dollars. I just mean that those games tend to not go down or become free for almost two, three even five, five years before they're like actually a reasonable, uh, a reasonable price or within are actually added to the catalog of free, of free games. Yeah. Um, but it's always a gambit because I remember um, back in 2018 when Red Dead Redemption 2 was released, I bought the game and I played it the first, uh, I didn't even get out of the, the snow the, the uh, snow uh, uh, story or chapter and I stopped playing it not because it was a bad game because obviously we know Red Dead Redemption 2 is anything but a bad game uh, but just because it happened and then I looked up two years had passed and I'm in the middle of the pandemic and I'm like 
oh, I never played <laughs> Red Dead And it's sitting there and I paid at the time, I think it was probably $60 for a new game, 50, yeah. 55, right. something like that. Hey, so I was seventy dollars is something very recent nowadays. Yeah, because yeah, the sixty nine ninety nine is very recent um, for new games. But um, I knew I had the game, so then I played it, and it was probably one of the best experiences ever because I played that game for the first time all the way through during the pandemic. So you know, it's the early part of the pandemic. We're shut in. Uh, no, can't go anywhere. And I escaped to the to the old a fictional version of the old West. And it was amazing. I, I got into the story, the online, all of that stuff. And and definitely probably one of the few games that I'll say if that game were still $70 today, it's still I would spend I would still spend that money gladly for that game. Or if they say they released an add-on. And that add-on was like the price of a regular, a regular uh, new game. I would still, I would buy it because yeah. that's just how great, that's just how amazing Red Dead Redemption ended up being. And so, but I bring that up to say that it's a rarity that games end up living up to that price tag where you feel like, oh, after I spend all that money and I got like the greatest gaming experience or I feel like I, I it was it was worth the the price tag. I've only felt that way with recently with Red Dead Redemption 2, Ghost of, of Tsushima and uh and the first Spider-Man, Sony Spider-Man. Yeah, I still have Ghost of Tsushima like yeah, I have it. I still haven't played it, but I think it's funny because um I play Warframe and Warframe is a free-to-play game, but they have regular updates all the time. They when they do their updates, it's literally a full-on new game, like open world planet, and you do all this random shit in it. And they'll because it's a free-to-play game, they have a whole gaming ecosystem of uh monetary values where there's like, you know, uh each frame is basically like a new suit or something like that. But they'll have mm-hmm. bundles and the bundles are literally the price of a game. And I'm like watching. I'm like, yo, I've been playing this game for 12 years. I think I've now I think about it. I remember, yeah, I probably I've probably spent maybe 60 bucks in total over the last 12 years and just you know buying little small things here and there overall. But then every time they'll drop, they'll drop you know a, a whole bundle and have a bunch of crap and this and that that you actually want. And it literally be 69.99 or 49.99 for a free to I mean, and this particular company they only make this game so they always update it they always have uh full on when they do a, a a new update that update is literally almost a new game so like they've been basically patching this game since the last 12 years but even with t- every time they drop a new update that update's huge and massive and it really is a full-on new game and then yeah they'll they'll and then and because they're such a loyal fan base and, a, and the ecosystem that actually works like yeah people will you know they'll drop 20 bucks 30 bucks every year to get all the new shit that, that comes with it and then just keep it moving. So can I can I can I add on to both of you guys' gaming experiences with those games? So uh to go back to uh Professor D's point about Red Dead Redemption, I too bought the game when it was first released, but I quit. And the reason why I quit is because I think God of War came out. And God of War captured my attention, but it took me so long 
to beat this game, Red Dead Redemption, Redemption on the way back to it two years later because my dumb ass was looking for roach pelts and, and, and all types of beaver pelts and doing all of the side quests and not <laughs> like I literally was hunting alligator skins, uh, squirrel tails and stuff like this, trying to get this like super unique uniform in the game. I was mm-hmm. collecting, trying to collect everything and I still haven't collected everything, but it literally took me three years to beat that game. Like I played it like for three months straight. Or a what do you mean uh, to finish the story or to the main? The main percent. No, the main story. I didn't. I still haven't oh, okay. completed one hundred percent. There are things in there that I. There are Easter eggs. There are hidden treasures that I still have not like found because. Oh yeah, I, the game I, is just a, a endless, an endless uh, gift that keeps giving. Yeah. So, and I, I found a lot of stuff, right? Um, getting back to Warframe, Warframe is, what is it, 2020? It was about 11 years old. I think it came out in 2013 for the PC. Um, the cool thing about Warframe is one of those games that, uh, well, in the beginning, when I started playing Warframe, there was no instructions on how to play. You just launched it and you just played and you figured it out. So when he was talking about spending money, I think I spent a, a little bit of money on trying to get some uh, coins because I blew all my coins on some meaningless stuff in the beginning and not knowing I needed to save and start playing the game. And I think I spent like 20 bucks trying to get like uh, coins in the beginning. But then once I found out you can play to earn uh, the stuff, then I figured out how to play it. But in the beginning, it, when I played, when I started playing Warframe, it was tough because there was no instructions on how to play, what to yep. do, how to go about it. Now there's like spreadsheets. Oh, and how to yeah. yeah. And, and also too, Warframe is interesting because if you played it when it first came out and you play it now, it's a completely different game. Yeah. And they rebuilt the whole thing. So it's interesting that like, and I, it's funny because I started playing Warframe around the time I was, I was playing Destiny. And Destiny, I think, wow, well, I played it from the beginning until like Taken King. And then I was just like, yo, I don't like this game. Because I think, again, it goes back to first person versus third person. I'm a big third person person. And the, the, the amount of grind I had to do for Destiny just wasn't satisfying. And then Warframe came around, I'm like, wait, this is free? And the grind feels more satisfying? Like, I just, you know fought all these things and beat all these planets and I got all these pieces to make this cool new frame. This is dope. And I was super into it. Um, and so I think the the grind part of it is also the part that, you know, adds to your gaming experience. And I yeah. think things, things like Warframe, Division 2, those types of things where it's like, when you feel like, okay, I put all this time and effort into this game, and it, 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 and it the, re, the return is good because when I was watching you guys play like Red Dead Redemption, I was like, I don't know if I have the life energy for this. <laughs> Y'all so, making bullets and shit. And- no, no. So, so, so the thing about like, I was never a big, I kind of got into GTA in the beginning, but I was like not really hooked on it. But I enjoyed like the, the last GTA game I played was a uh, San Andreas. And I kind of played that pretty tough. But then I was like, I just, I just didn't have time to play it. Uh, yeah. But when they took that concept and put it in the Wild West, and I was a fan of the, what is it, the Red Dead Revolver series. Red Dead Revolver. Yeah, I thought it was going to be something similar, but it was something totally different. But the continuation of the lore was there. And I thought that was cool. And I was like, yo, GTA in the Wild West, sign me up. I'm all about this. So Yeah. And I think the thing that impresses the most about both Red Dead Redemption games is when you is it's a radical departure in the way that Rockstar has approached storytelling because 
when people say, oh, it's 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 Grand Theft Auto in the Wild West, that's very true. But then it also trivializes what they actually achieve with that story and that that game and experience, unlike Grand Theft Auto, is about, well, part two especially is about consequences of the consequences of the choices you make and and how that has rippling effects on future and on things that will happen in your future or or how things go as far as um the resolution of the story are the story of Arthur Morgan is probably depending on how you play but no matter how you play, it's probably the the best story overall narrative of a of a game protagonist that I've ever seen. Like the just the beauty and the choices that has to be that have to be made, the 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 stakes that you experience and that you have to that you are both a part of as the gamer. But also as the person, the audience, the the person taking in the story, you know, some of the aspects of it is out of your hand, whereas opposed to Grand Theft Auto, you know, those protagonists are don't both in both stories, the protagonists are anti villainous characters, but only in one is that actually made to mean anything. Mm. So in in Red Dead Redemption, uh, the first one, John Marston is used by uh, law enforcement to capture his old compadres. But then that same institution murders the end, (laughs) you know, Um, and and there's there's a lot of a lot of symbology and meaning in that. And And then you go back to the go to the second one where there's this where there's a um it ends up being the two in Red Dead Redemption doesn't just denote to the sequel, but it denotes to that this is two stories being told parallel to each other um and are important, even though we're seeing what happened before the events of the first game, it still sort of stands as a sequel because it's both author's story, but also uh, a continuation of John's uh, story and understanding his character. So all that to say is that the, the narrative experience of Red Dead Redemption and Red Dead Redemption 2, in my opinion, is more transcendent than anything that's out there right now in terms of just oh, the stakes, the emotion, the um, a protagonist that you immediately care about. And, and invest in his journey, um, all even the little small details like Arthur's journaling and the things that he writes down in his journal, it, it all adds to that experience to the point where you get to the end and you know the outcome is like, you don't want that to happen, but you, there's nothing you could do to stop it. So, yeah. And I think also too, the, 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 at, at, at its core right now, like top-notch AAA games have narratives 
that are super involved, super thought yeah. out. And it's re- like, you know, Red Dead Redemption, uh, God of War, um, yeah. freaking Last, Spider- of Us. Last of Us, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. And so now we have players that are now not only we're playing because the, the oh, Jedi Survivor, Jedi Fallen Soul, you know, Order. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're playing the games, one, because the game is dope, but we're also playing because the story is super and in, in like engrossing. And you want to you yeah. find out how it goes. Like, I think that to me is the part where you know, and 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 you know, these AAA games are getting budgets almost like freaking Hollywood movies at this point. Yeah. But um, yeah. but then the the craft and the storytelling is a part that's starting to set it apart from everything else. So these aren't these ain't your mama's games anymore. Now we we in it. We're all we're, yeah. we're I want to know what you're invested about the story and you care about these characters. Yeah, and and I I want to actually take it back a little bit because also The Witcher Three. Uh, Wild Hunt is an amazing story like that. The, that story, including the consequences and the decisions that you have to make as Geralt of Rivia. Um, it's just it, I think that and Red Dead Redemption 2 stand up there as that like the twin pillars of like the best in terms of open world. Um, you give the player um, agency and latitude in the world. But also there's a contained and grounded narrative to follow that allows you to have a enriched and fulfilling uh, because that's really what it is. Right. Like that's why we watch certain movies and TV shows and read certain books and comics is that you want to escape into that world. But you also want that world to have a, a kind of narrative that makes sense, that makes the con- the choices you make have consequences and um, even if it's not always consequences that you want. I mean, I didn't realize that when until I like read after the fact that one or two different lines of dialogues can determine whether or not Siri dies or how she might die or not die in uh, in The Witcher. Basically, if you have Geralt say this phrase as opposed to that phrase, then she's going to make a different decision at the end in that crucial moment which could mean she dies or lives or other. So it's, it's just, again, it's, they don't phone it in. And I appreciate that because it's a overall uh, experience in the gaming. You know, I, it's funny. You talk about like how these stories have growth and there's a, some type of evolution and it's a mature storyline within a game, which is made for kids. But, you know, we all know that, all people of all ages play games. And the thing for me, I, I, it's funny because Oh, do we lose them? Oh, there you yeah, go. I was, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I was asking. I, I was wondering if we we froze up. Yeah. Twenty twenty three. All right. I'll make sure. Yeah. Oh, we oh. had a power outage. Huh? Crazy. Nuts. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Hold on. And go. So it looks like we're still paused. On we're back recording. Okay. So I just wanted to talk about uh, the maturity of like the games we play. It's just ironic that. We, games are made for kids, but you know, people of all ages play games and whatnot. Um, but I, I was gonna go back, uh, talking about Red Dead Redemption real quick. 
about the part. And I don't know if you can avoid this. I don't think it's, I think it's just part of the storyline where uh, Arthur goes to collect a debt and that's when he gets sick. And I've always been thinking about, is there a way to avoid that scenario? Yeah, <laughs> like, I've tried that a bunch yeah. of times. <laughs> that's the, but that's, again, that's the, the turning point, right? Yeah. If you think about a, a three-act structure of a story, if he doesn't go to collect that on that debt, being a typical outlaw, um, you know, thug or whatever, that he he doesn't get sick and he doesn't, and he, well, he'll die. He's probably would be, he probably would die of something at some point, but at least that wouldn't be the thing that uh, would take him down. So it's an amazing moment. I, I wanted to say too, I'm surprised you guys didn't add God of War uh, mm. to this because, in my opinion, um, I think, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think the God of War duology, so because that's what it is so far in the PlayStation 4, in this new era, yeah. um, is very, is amazing because, and it's great. It's up there. I think that would be in the top five, certainly, and definitely the third after Red Dead Redemption 2, The Witcher 3. I would put the God of War duology in there just because of the way not only I'm a big fan of Norse mythology and I love the way particularly the God of War storytellers take the mythologies and really take off the romanticism aspects of it. So they are left with the kind of way they 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 are they appear in the in the older stories, you know. Thor, Odin being a sort uh, a bloodthirsty uh, tyrant, you know, same as Zeus, who's also a a, a, a multi multi time rapist of, of of human of human women, and and you know, so it's they they did a really good job of that, and also treating the first trilogy as Old Testament in in a in a really beautiful way. Yeah, I agree. I just like the growth. Like I wasn't. I was familiar with the, the, the first trilogy, quote unquote, the old Testament, but I never played it. Um, but they're very amazing games. Right. But what captured me and usually it's more of a superficial thing is when I see a certain game and it just captures my eye and God of war, the trailer, I was like, yo, this looks crazy. Like I've never seen, they just flip the way you play God of war from 2d side scrolling to like, uh, what it is now, I don't even know the term you call it. Uh, and it's it feels like an open world, even though it's not really an open world. Um, because there's a certain path you do have to take. But then when you start to look at the nuanced conversations between you and uh why can I not think of the talking head's name? Uh Mimir. Mimir. And you find out little bits and pieces of lore, the history, references to the old testament. Uh, and then the interaction between him and his son uh, being a father and uh, learning from the mistakes he's made up until part two, where he has this revelation where he basically tells his son to toughen up, be hard, death happens. And then he flips and says, you know, it's OK to care, you know, and and have and, and peel those layers back. I thought that was like an amazing layer to the development of Kratos as a character I have you if you're familiar with the old testament to see where he's come now oh I yeah thought, i thought it was like awesome because i i got on google just to understand 
the history of Kratos and where he got and from where he came from to where he got to be now. And oh, he's a rage monster. Yeah, <laughs> like he he was like Kratos. Be, Kratos of the old of the original God of War uh, saga because there's the three main games and then there's the the other games Ascension, uh, Chains of Olympus, uh, things like that. Um, he became almost a pop culture figure for revenge, you know, and vengeance and, and righteous vengeance, vengeance and things like that. So you're right that when you get to the 2018 game and it's been, I think the God of War three was released on PS three originally, I believe. And yeah. So when you get to God of War, uh, the the new God of War, it had a lot of time has passed both in the game world and in our world. And so I think the 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 developers did a good job, the storytellers, of not relying on that information and, and having that be sort of Kratos as a man with this big secret um and backstory that and if you've played those old games, because at first I remember playing, I'm like, why aren't they talking about the fact that this dude is the ex-god of war and he literally slaughtered the entire uh, Olympian and all the Olympians and the Titans. Like, he basically killed off the entire Greek pantheon. <laughs> like, he just, he, he, he systematically killed them all. Um, but they weren't saying anything like that. And, and um, um, his son, uh, Atreus, wasn't, wasn't, referencing his father being a god and all that stuff and so when they do finally get to those moments in the story i i i'll never forget when uh, in the first game atreus realizes that he learns that, that kratos is a is a ex-god and 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 that he's half god and he's basically saying that he can make certain decisions because he's a God and they're not And the mirror is like, uh, brother, I think you want, he tells Kratos, he's like, brother, I think you need to have a conversation about that right there. Sure, <laughs> so sure. it's like you said that those little small, those little moments is in the storytelling. So it's funny you say that because Valhalla, the latest installment to God of War give some type of closure. And I don't want to get too in-depth to that because I know, I think you might end up playing it. I don't want to spoil oh, it. I will. I will. Okay. I, I'm, I'm going to try to navigate this without giving spoilers. But it's basically uh, the the basic premise of the game is it's God of War, but uh, it's kind of a roguelike. So roguelike mm-hmm. games are basically if you die, you start over, right? Um, and you don't have your powers, but that's explained to you in the beginning. You go in, you're fully like in the beginning intro, you're like full, full on power Kratos. And then you lose it because you're going through the gates of Valhalla and you have to understand why you're there, who invited you, you know? Um, and each time you, it's kind of like you have to die to get more answers. And that's the, the beauty of a roguelike game. It's almost like the beauty of playing a souls like game. There is uh Beauty and dying, but also it it reveals more when you die because you, mm-hmm. you learn more about how to navigate and you get better. But the whole purpose of the game is like for Kratos to confront himself and to confront his past in a certain mm-hmm. way. And when you play more about when you play more into this game, it's gonna be some cool throwback references. Uh 
And and once you get to the last part, you understand when you get to the last part, you understand why you're there. But then you got to keep doing it to reveal more of the purpose of Kratos, Um, because in the beginning of the game, there's a conversation which isn't a spoiler. It's just a conversation between him and uh, what's her name? The Valkyrie Queen Freya. Freya. Yeah. And, And they have a conversation. She basically asked Kratos, did you think about what we talked about? You're like, what are they talking about? What are they talking about? And he, he put some thought into it, but he's off on his journey to f- figure it out, right? This is a, this is the story of Kratos now, right? And you're on a solo journey, right? But it's a very interesting game. It's not a long game, um, and you can play it. There's different levels. Obviously, people want to beat it on God of War, but it, it's it's cool to beat the game. And each time you get to the ending, it's a different like way you're fighting the last boss and it gives more layers. And then when you play it again, it forces you to play again. You got to beat the game at least like, at least like five times to understand what you're actually there for. Um, I thought that was pretty cool, but it's not like you can't go in there. Like, Oh, I remember these combos. Cause that's what I went in there initially thinking like I can get my combos. Like you ain't got no powers, bro. You got to like go through each level, get powers and then figure out, do I want to use the ax? Do I want to use the spear? Or do I want to use the, the, the chains? You just can't mix it up. You got to like figure it out because you're trying to sync up your powers with one of these weapons. You can't balance it because they only give you so many slots to be mm-hmm. the most powerful uh, Kratos in the game. So that's the interesting thing. So it's a different approach of how you approach the uh, the fighting, but the story is still there. And then it just adds to the lore of Kratos and his growth. And if you've been playing the God of War up in its, this new console rendition from the PS4 on up, uh, you're gonna like this game. It's a different approach, but it's the same God of War. Um, but it 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 is it's a it's a good game. It was I think it was free. It's free. It's a free DLC, so I can't complain about that. Uh, right. And it's a whole ass game, which is awesome. So kudos to Santa Monica Studios for uh, continuing this. And there's one more thing I wanted to reiterate on Red Dead Redemption before we segue from that. Um, there is going to be a Red Dead Redemption probably when I'm 53. <laughs> so, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but I want them to move away from the Marston, his son storyline. I think we need a new character. Uh, Interesting. I, I think the Red the Redemption part is done. Uh, yeah, mm, I, I agree. I think that that and that's that, to your point. And I, again, having we just talked about the God of War duology. In in my opinion, Red Dead Redemption is a duology as well. In that you play both games, and the second game gives you a better understanding of who of how John Marston became the man that he is in the game that you play. And the experience of playing John in Red Dead Redemption 2 is totally different than the experience of playing as John in in the first Red Dead Redemption, which of course is set some years uh after. But I don't I know that there's a lot of talk about the there's a lot of consternation about where they should go with the with the franchise and given that Grand Theft Auto six is coming, I think you're right. Uh, Cam, it's less likely that we'll see another red dead redemption game, um, or red dead game. Let's just call it that red dead game. Um, within the next 10 years, because rockstar just tends to move slow on, on everything. Yeah. Um, 
But and also, I think that they. I also think that they um, they really do kind of put all their eggs in that Grand Theft Auto basket. And, and yeah, I mean, but also that's their money maker, right? So like, you make sure that your oh, yeah. money, your money maker is good. And then you can have fun with everything else. And I think that's the thing that they're, they're working on now where, you know, the GTA is about to come out with another thing soon. And then Red Dead, that was a thing like hearing you guys play Red Dead all the time was super interesting. Cause like, again, I like part of the reason why I didn't get uh, Elden Ring was the same thing. I don't have the life energy <laughs> to dedicate. Cause like you guys are talking about Red Dead. He's like, yo, I'm like fucking making bullets and shit, and I gotta get some bear uh, pelts. Well, and I gotta. <laughs> again, here, here's the thing: the difference between Red, because I agree with you, the difference between Red Dead and Elden Ring is that Red Dead, that stuff is a choice. You yeah, can, you don't have to make bullets. You don't have to be a trapper. You don't have to, uh, you know, like Cam was saying, how he played as basically a hunter for like almost down or two years where he wasn't doing anything, but you know, um, all these little side things. Um, but you can play through that game and get the full experience without doing any, any of that stuff until the, the narrative calls for it, you know, like, yeah, um, yeah. Totally um, making, mean, like, like making Witcher. bullets and stuff like yeah, like that. exactly, like which exactly. you could do or, uh, Skyrim is another one where you could do all the side quests and then yes, you, and then if you wanted to get back into the main joint, you could, but you could literally be on the side quest for you know 20, 30 hours. I heard um, Baldur's Gate, uh, which has got all the awards from last year, um, is the same way. Like if you really wanted to, you could just you could not do the main quest and just do your whole new your whole game experience could just be side quests, and then you would have yeah. a whole other situation. So that's same other with Starfield. Starfield is 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 very similar um, in that it it's the same. I mean, obviously, it's made by Bethesda, so it's the same as company of Skyrim, but uh, Starfield is the same thing. You could play that game for hundreds of hours and not have to actually uh, engage in the main story. Mm. Um, and and that's, that is cool, but I think the problem with Starfield, um, because I've played it for a while now and I have a character that's at 100 and level 103 and uh, like, I said, like I said, the dude is is a, is a ten time star born. I haven't gone through, uh, so you know the game's been out for a while, so I don't feel any compulsion about not about not sharing or whatever um, about not spoiling. But um, basically, you discover that uh, you're that the the star born who are human uh, spacefarers um, are basically the same group of people who uh, who you meet at the beginning of the game, including you, yourself, your, 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 um, that you're in this group called constellation and they're, they're basically explorers or, or the, uh, the fed the the uh star the federation of the of the game mm. where they their, their primary um concern is is uh is exploring the the universe and and its secrets and so the 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 big thing when you first meet them is that they found this artifact 
and the artifact responds to certain people. Obviously, your character is one that it responds to. And when you touch it, you're basically your consciousness is is like thrown from your body into the cosmos, basically. And your your consciousness is like like for a moment flows through the cosmos and uh, here's this music. But it all leads to you having to build what's called uh, the this armillary, which allows your ship to travel to the unity. The unity is the point in which all um, all universes intersect. So, Interesting. I, I think the other thing for Starfield for me was the the lore and how they're putting everything together sounded pretty dope. And it's funny because like. I have a PC laptop that I play um, like lighter games on, but I don't think I have a capacity to play full on Starfield. And then yeah. when you were bringing up the point of like getting an Xbox um, pass and then it allows you yeah. to play games um, remotely or through their you know streaming situation, like I've yeah. been looking into that and it's actually pretty dope. Like I have two Samsung uh, monitors that I can get the Xbox pass on and run the games yeah. through that. I, all I need is just a, a, a Bluetooth um uh, freaking controller to play the game, so it's kind of kind of cool. But I think you know these games now are giving you these exploring um, options to kind of just like you know do your own thing, kind of choose your own adventure to for for better or for worse. Now I've been getting a lot of I've seen a lot of like Starfield uh, reviews that, that people actually hate that aspect of it, and then there's other ones that are like, "Yo, this is dope! I've been exploring a hundred uh, planets and just making new shit." Yeah, I think um, you know I've recently. Um, because this is, you know, if you want to write the best stuff, you have to know the best stuff. Um, but I've been recently revisiting Battlestar Galactica, and there's a moment in which um, the Colonel Ty character says, you know, believe it or not, that most of the planet, most of the universe is very barren. It's either a rock or uh, a giant, a gas giant. Um, and and it's true. And I think, I think for those who have played Starfield and who have a a strong uh, inclination or are drawn toward hard science, uh, they're more accepting of the way the world is. Um, You know, I've explored a lot of planets. They're all, some of them are barren. Some of them are filled with, with um, interesting uh, fauna (laughs) that some of it attacks you and some of it uh, is, is mild mannered. But I think, the, the best part is that it allows you to play on your own terms, no matter what. Um, so you can spend uh, days and days, uh, hours and hours on end surveying planets and, and, you know, setting up outposts to extract those resources and, and then sell that stuff for more money to the different factions and stuff like that. Um, the biggest issue that I think universally was a problem with Starfield is the new game plus system. And that when you travel through the unity, yes, you get to keep all of your skills and, and your level and, and you, um, and you get a cool new ship, a Starfield ship and, and new, a new type of armor for the, at least if you go through 10 times by the 10th one, you, you'll have the best armor in the game, the, the Venator tour, um, uh, not armor, but spacesuit slash armor. Um, but the problem is every time you go through the unity, your everything you did is wiped clean. So it's like a tabula rasa. You have no money anymore. You have, if you built the ship, it's gone. You, yeah, exactly. So like, all the loot, all the loot is gone. Like, and so 
the problem that people had, and I know this because I had the same problem, is why didn't Bethesda say that? I get it. It was supposed uh, from to be, jump. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. It's supposed to be kind. And again, I would have accepted it because narratively it makes sense. You're leaving one universe and going into another. You can't take possessions with you in that case. Um, and even if you could, what good would they be in this other, whole other ass universe? Um, and so I get that, but a, a lot of people <laughs> didn't understand, and I didn't either until I did it that one time, is that Bethesda basically allows you to play the game on how you, however you want to. So if you choose to do that grind, and then go through the unity that first time, uh, they're kind of making it say like, uh, well, you know, you can do it again. And this time just go right through the unity, <laughs> just go right through the unity. Boom. And then when you, when you're ready to settle in a specific universe, then you grind and yeah. you, you, you get the, the stuff. To, but I think that's unfair. I don't think, I think they should have mentioned that that was the case in that the new game plus is very different. So before you decide to do the whole hours and hours on grind, you might want to just play the main story first. I think people would have been more accepting if, if, if they, if they had done that, because I got to tell you, I was really, I was not happy. I was like, wow, I did, did that whole grind, got all that, all those credits got, all that stuff and it's all gone. I built that ship and it's it's gone, you know. And and so that was. And then the other part criticism for me is that if you tell me that I'm going to these different universes that's uh, supposed to be uh, different versions of of this universe, then give me some variations. Now people have said that they've seen different types of. Uh, stuff in the unity like one people said that they've gone through and then when they go to constellation every member of constellation is your character but i was like that sounds more like a bug than it does something intentional yeah um and so i you know if it's if you're going through a new to a, a new universe you know maybe this time this person is your enemy and this time uh, this set of characters is in this place or that place. Um, to me, that that is a multiverse type of situation uh, versus just every time you go through, it's the same thing, the same missions, the same outcomes, the same paths. Like literally, the only difference is you get a star a starborn uh, dialogue selection that allows you to basically be like, yeah, I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And I, it's going to happen this way. And I'm curious because, I mean, you know, a game like Starfield, a game like Skyrim, Elden Ring, these type of games, all of these games have like these like time investments. And, you know, even even stuff like Hogwarts and Jedi Survivor and all these other ones, they all have time investments. And so it's interesting to see, you know, which of the users will like take that time to invest in that beyond just the fandom like you know jedi survivor out the gate it's always gonna get it's already it's gonna do numbers because it's, it's a star wars thing and it's a solid star wars franchise oh yeah it's it's an amazing game it's it's a great game and then and then also you have the story too yeah well let me can i plan on so you said these are time investments some of these games like elden ring uh maybe starfield you can attest to this the uh and a few others 
you can play it one way and get through it within a reasonable amount of time. Yep. But if you really want to immerse yourself in stories, subplots, side yep. quests, that's the investment, which in my, like, part of my gaming experience and why I like a game is how, like, one, it's the main campaign, but the additional stuff that they add on. Granted, you play an Assassin's Creed game, you kind of know, outside of the first one, you kind of know what it's going to do. You know, you got these kind of repetitive missions, side quests, and you're like, okay, I don't really need to do all this. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Elden Ring, there are side stories and side quests. Jedi Survivor, there are side quests, but they don't feel as repetitive. Now, the one game that it felt repetitive, but I was okay with it was Ghost of Tsushima. I didn't mind the side quests. It was point. really easy. Like, yeah. it, it didn't bother me. Same with kind of like the God of War. Uh, they were kind of side questing, kind of repetitive a little bit, but each unique uh, thing in the, in the God of War series had a, a, a challenging effect, like finding the Valkyrie and finding the Queen of the Valkyrie. That yeah. was part of a side quest. Getting yeah. the armor when you fought the knights, you know what I'm saying? And then uh, Ragnarok had the same thing, but it was like, I wanted to get this specific armor. I wanted to get this 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 power, right? Yeah. Um, but then there's things like Spider-Man. Their side quests, and you know what it is, do this within a certain time limit or kill as many enemies. But it, it's okay. You know, I get it. You know, yeah. It and it, and it or not, you know? Yeah. And then Spider Man was more for getting the suits, right? Like in the first one, yeah. getting mm-hmm. the suits is a little bit harder. The second one, the suits are a lot easier to get. So you're like, yeah. you're doing the side quest purely for vanity's sake to get the suit. Like that. And that's pretty much what it is. But the, but the point I was trying to make is that, that not all these games require that much investment. It's just how far are you going to take it? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a good point. 100%, 100%. Do I want all the, the costumes or do I just want to get through? Like, D'Angelo, I think you played what game we were playing and you just went straight to the storyline. I was like, oh man, you beat it really fast. Uh, uh, was it Ragnarok or was it? Um... Yeah, I think it was Ragnarok. I think you played Ragnarok and like you just completed it and you were just like, I just want to get to the story on this level. And I was like, that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. but like for me, I want it. I've always wanted the hundred percent complete uh, God of War games, and so I'll try to. Do oh, it. I think it, it was it. also Jedi Survivor too. I think because those yeah, came out like right by. Yeah. I went through that pretty because I kept you know for like you said, and that's what the the games do now. The, the some of the better ones lend themselves to is like for me, it's all about the story more. It's more about the story. And also the balance of the gameplay. So Jedi survive the, the Jedi franchise wouldn't be great if it just had a great story, but it's because of the, the story and gameplay balance that makes it amazing. And just the way that it operates on its own has its own thing in the greater Star Wars canon just is just amazing. I, I, will, yeah. I, will, I, will, I will add this to Jedi Survivor that after you complete the main quest and campaign. There is a reason to continue the bounty hunting quest and uh, finding the echoes that gives explanation behind the character mm-hmm. and his reason for doing what he did. And I'm not trying to spoil it for those who haven't been yeah. those been out for a few months or over a year, maybe. Um, but it, it gives you more of a reason to continue playing. I think that's dope. certain times when games give you those like extra add-ons to continue finding little things is what makes for me a game that's it puts it higher up in my mark. I'm not saying Jedi's and Libraries. 
of a Red Dead Redemption, but it's up there. It's a really good game. It's one of the few Star Wars games that I actually like. I don't like too many Star Wars games. Yeah. And, yeah, I think so, it's definitely a top five. Yeah, so all right, so to wrap, I would say, what do you guys for you know for all of last year? What was your favorite game that you guys were playing multiple games all year? Blah 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 blah. So, what was the favorite game that you guys had that you enjoyed the most in terms of challenge, uh, worth repeating because you maybe you beat, beat the story, but you went back and got all the things, or just a, in a gaming experience like as a whole? Because there's so many blockbuster games that came out. And then also, you know, it was one of those things where like people were people were like actually enjoying the art of our video games right now. Like, you know, you had yeah. it's, it's those cues. last year because <laughs> I know, right? Because even though last year was a few weeks ago, you're still playing games now. <laughs> yeah, but the, but the thing is though, like, so if okay, I'll give you my answer real quick, but it's not really the game, it's Diablo 4. Mm. And the only reason, because if you asked me 2023, it would have been Diablo 3. Mm. And that was in prep for Diablo 4. I was playing it super heavy, right? Uh, and the reason I was playing Diablo 3 was super heavy is because I never played a Diablo franchise. Yeah. Even I wanted to back in the day. And I jumped on that game, and one of the homies put me on, and I was just trying to understand what I was about to get into with Diablo 4 because I saw the trailer for Diablo 4 and it looked amazing. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get into this. That's the game I put a bazillion hours into. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, uh, I think it, man, it wasn't God of War. And it wasn't, I think it was uh, the game I was playing a lot early on in the year was, um, oh my God, what is the game where it's, she's a f- female protagonist and she, uh, Horizon Zero. Oh, for, yeah, forbidden, yeah, forbidden eyes, right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I had the second one, and I didn't play it because I didn't play the first one. And so I played Horizon Zero Dawn for hours, trying to understand what I was getting myself into, and I wanted to beat it really fast, even though I didn't, to play part two. And I haven't even played part two because I just needed a break from that game. But I played that a lot before I got into Diablo three and four. So outside of that, that Diablo Horizon. <laughs> uh, you are gone. I was playing a lot. Nice. Uh, D, what, what game were you playing? So last year, and then it's funny you asked that question because then I thought about it and I actually pushed my memory all the way back to January. Last year, I played mainly, I believe, four games, I'm going to say. Starfield, God of War, Ragnarok, um, Jedi, Survivor, and... I replayed The Witcher 3 because they re-released it for the PlayStation 5 in that engine, in that Unreal, uh, Unreal engine, but they, they updated the the graphics and everything. Um, and so I'll start there. Obviously, I've talked a lot about The Witcher 3 on this podcast and others. And honestly, every time I replay that game, I always just, I just fall right into it and just don't want to stop. <laughs> The only reason I stopped is because Jedi Survivor released. And I was like, okay, got to stop now because I'm not going to play both of them just because nowadays it's kind of hard for me to keep it all the mo- the combinations and stuff of each game and the gameplay, the, the controls of each game all together. So I'd rather just play one game at a time. So play Jedi Survivor. That was amazing. Um, got through that pretty pretty easily, but it was also a challenge um, and a good one. 
Um, and then that led to the God of War Ragnarok, which I I loved. I mean, because all the reasons I said, and the last game was Starfield. Now, I played Starfield probably the most, but all of those four, my favorite game that I played, uh, the, my favorite that I played, it's it's tough, but it's I would say Ragnarok. At first, I was going to say Star Wars. But then I thought about it and I was like, no, I just enjoyed Ragnarok so much more because I love the that mythology. And I love Star Wars, but there's something about playing as Kratos in that world that was so that's so much more gratifying. Can I add one thing about yeah. Starfield? I, I too got caught up in the hype train and I kind of waited because one, I didn't have an Xbox. And uh, when people finally got their hands on it and it was like mixed reviews, I kind of took, took a step back and was like, I don't think I need to play this. But maybe I will eventually sometime down the line. But I saw a lot of problems with it that at this day and age, they shouldn't have problems with. No, 100 percent. 100 percent. The one my bit I said, I mentioned that, you know, other than the 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 new game plus being um a letdown in terms of uh, not knowing that if you go through that grind and then you go through New Game Plus, that you're not allowed to carry. Every other New Game Plus allows you to carry everything over with you. But again, it makes sense if you're talking about stepping into an entire new universe. I just would have liked to have known that because then I could have made a different choice about how I decide to play the game the first time around. And I definitely wouldn't have grinded the way I did. Um, and, and also there's so much there, there's so much to say about Bethesda in that I think they were lazy with this because it almost felt like they just copied and pasted the, the entire matter of Skyrim and just put it in space of Skyrim, just put it in space. Um, that with that said, I I enjoy parts of it. It's not a it's not a horrible game. I will continue to play it because it just it's just one of those games that if you if you want to play a space game, it's there and you can and, and it's not a bad a bad game. But to your point about the Xbox thing, now you don't have to buy an Xbox. You just need the Game Pass, and then you get the cloud gaming beta. It's in beta mode right now, but it works fine, especially if you have an Ethernet cable. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but you get that and a controller and Bluetooth and you're good to go. I now just play on using my Mac if I want to play. And, uh, and that was the best thing I could have did because you just sign in and you pick up where you left off. But yeah, God of War. Yeah, favorite. I would say... Um I think, well, my thing, I would say, I kind of agree with Cam. Like, I was playing Diablo with my brothers um, and, you know, brothers and going through the game, you know, getting to 50 and then just, you know, doing all the hell stuff and doing all that kind of thing. Like, it's just a great, like, collaborative game that you can kind of do. When we played the beta, we was like, man. We cannot wait for this game to come. Yeah, out. exactly, 100%. Like I would say build up and 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 how they did everything was really really dope. And so I would say for me my rotation, I mean, 
Warframe and Division 2 are kind of always there just because Division 2, they in the last six months, they've been doing some really dope updates. So it's actually I, gotta, I have to get back into that. It's just fun, I, man. It's fun. I, it's I a, started it. It is fun. Yeah, it's a good looter shooter. And I think as they tweak it and change it, whatever, whatever, you can bounce, not play for a year, pop back in and be like, oh, shit, there's stuff that I want to do now. So yeah. um, and Warframe is the same way. Like Warframe, I have a bunch of frames. I've been playing it for so long. So it's just one of those things where I keep it in the rotation. I still got good friends that play it. So I hop in and just like, you know, it's a good hop in, hop out game. Diablo is probably the main thing I put the most hours in. Um, in the last six months, I've been playing uh, Spider-Man, which has been really, really fun. Spider-Man 2. And then, right. um, and then also too, uh, what's it called? Oh, then I would be playing some PC games like Valheim and some other ones and stuff like that. So I, I think it's Valheim. Valheim's fun. It's just it's again it's a survivor game, right? You're Vikings. Yeah. You start from scratch. You got to get like a fucking some wood, some stone, put it together, make an axe, and then start chopping down wood and make a little hut and shit. Like it's it's fun. So I've been enjoying the act of playing video games in general, and I think that like. From a AAA standpoint, from a indie standpoint, there's just a plethora of games that you can play and be fun with and have fun and enjoy. And I think that's the one good thing. Like 2024, 2023 was a really great year for games. Um, yeah. I did start uh, Cyberpunk uh, from scratch, and I'm I'm slow rolling it. I play it like maybe a little bit here and there, but I have a lot of fun playing with it. I have no like um, because I because I've been traveling a lot. I don't get to always sit down and play console games but it's been fun to play. And like, you know, again, I'm getting it from a fresh experience after all the changes and all that. So now it's getting to a point where I'm like, yo, this game is fucking dope. And mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, yeah, yeah, it's dope now. Because <laughs> yeah. early on, there's some, there's a little bit of things that the, the uh, qualms that people had. Not saying it wasn't bad. Yeah, it's just that there were things that were going on. Uh, for someone that's played this game since it release and went through all the bugs the game itself storyline uh 70 to 80 percent of the gameplay it's not a bad game it was just mad buggy and it had some quality of life things that needed some touch up because the hype on this game was immense this this hype started like five seven years before its release i remember seeing the original trailer of cyberpunk and that's one of the homies put me on. I was like, yo, this game looks crazy. So I think the the release issues coupled with the hype of the game and what was promised to us, same with Division, uh, killed some of the momentum. But once you started to play the game and understand the world, it was always a dope game. It never was a bad game. Now in its inception, if you, like people said, if you play this game, you can either wait a year when they fix everything and play it, or you play it and just go through it. And you just, you know, go through the grind. Now, take it from me, I played a Division One, and that had 11 billion bugs in it. And I've been through the worst of the Division. Like, so I was like, all right, I, if I've been through Division, I can deal with it, this is nothing. Uh, and I think to the console's credit, the console wasn't as bad as the PC. The PC version was terrible, like it was just, you couldn't play it. Right, it was just unplayable. Where the console, you could play it. You just had to go through cops coming. In. Like if you did something bad, cops would just appear right in front of you. Yeah, that's a bad thing. Or it was hard to drive. That was a bad thing. Or there was just like a, a mission that just had a book. These are just little small things, but it didn't take away from the overall experience of Cyberpunk 2077. Now with this update, the the latest update and the latest DLC, the game 
like the division, uh, the diverse division, uh, it's in a put. It's in a really good place. I will say the thing about the division two. I put so many hours in division one. It's just like I can't do the division like I used to. It's kind of like Destiny players. But I will say with Warframe, Warframe is the type of game that you can play and not play for a few years and come back. Oh yeah, and still play again and yeah. not miss a beat if you have a fundamental understanding of the game. Yeah. Whereas the division. And- I'm so far behind on missions and guns. Yeah. I have to have somebody backpacking. Yeah, and I would say right now, especially with Division 2, it's passed up a lot of the stuff from the Division 1 and got all this together. And so I think it's at a point now that uh, I think we can get a good point where I think you can see it. You can see now where it's changed a lot. It's gotten to a good point. And so now it's one of those things now where it's going to be, it's a better gaming experience. And so I think it fixed, it fixed a lot of the problems and other things like that. And so I think that's where I'm like, I'm seeing now where I'm like, if you just like my brother, just uh, uh, my younger brother gave the other brother his PS4. And so he has division on there and all that. And he has PS5. So he has all those same games. And so my brother is now playing division two straight from scratch from the beginning of the game. And he's just like, yo, this game was crazy. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, if you just played division two right now, 2024, it's a fucking amazing game. The amount of content that's there, the amount of things you can do, all these different stuff. So I think it's, it's a really fun game, but you're hundred percent correct. I think that's the one thing that we're, we're seeing because division two now has been out for six years. And that's the kind of the craziest part too. So yeah, um, yeah I, I was thinking, I was, when my brother was like, cause he, he gifted uh, the PS4 to, to my other brother and he was going through it and he's like yo there's mad games on here and then when i looked it up i'm like yo division two literally has been out for six years and division one was like 10 years ago I was like, and what's even funnier is people are playing division one right now because of uh underground and um survivor mm. which are two the two um um uh dlc or uh, patches that they made survivor was more the survivor situation of it and underground was like the subway or whatever and so uh, but yeah, man, it was dope. It was really, really good. And I think, I think, I right, I think you're right. There's like we're at a point now where you might play one game. You're like, ah, like uh, my old roommate in in Oakland. He he has an Xbox. He got Cyberpunk when it first came out. Returned it. He was just like, I can't play this game. It's too buggy. I'm not into it. And like here we are, three years later. He bought it again. Played it in December. He binged the whole thing. He just he's like, no, this game is dope. Because <laughs> now all yeah. it's fixed. <laughs> Yeah, and that's probably going to be the story of Starfield because I think, I mean, one of you guys said that I think um, the, for Cyberpunk, it was the council that was so buggy and the PC was fine. And uh, on this, in the case of Starfield, I don't know anyone else's experience, but when I did have an Xbox that has since been returned, uh, <laughs> <Good> <laughs> when, I did, when I did have an Xbox, um it that game would crash in like probably every 10 minutes of gameplay maybe less i was constantly having to save because literally it would it would just go to the home xbox home screen and i would just throw my arm in the air i'm like this doesn't even give you a warning, man. Like at least the PlayStation gives you a warning that it's about to crash. This just like just cuts off, and and it just kept happening. I made tried to see if it needed updating. It was connected to the Ethernet cable, and 
Um, played it through the Xbox Cloud on on the Mac, no problems at all. I could play it for hours and it doesn't crash at all. So I say that to say I don't know. I, I don't know what's I don't know what the what's what's better for um, these games that are made exclusively for Xbox and PC. Yeah, I mean it, it goes back to the console wars, right? It's pretty much you just want to play the game, you don't really care about the console, and then each one has their own experience. And so I think for me, I was I've been looking heavily into the Steam Deck because um, I wanted to get a PC. Um, laptop, which will cost you an extra, you know, usually 12, 13, 1400 bucks or Steam Deck, which is around that 600 thing and what that means. But for some games, like for Starfield example, Steam Deck is plays it okay. You know, is mm-hmm. it, it might do it, but not hard. Like there's some definite lags and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But for a lot of the other PC games I want to play, it's perfectly fine. So I've been really looking into that. I've been actually, and actually, I've been looking into uh, Oculus, the Oculus 3. Cause I was, oh, yeah. I've been looking at more into the, like you can get a, you, the new one is a uh, think four ninety nine or something like that, but there's a lot of good stuff that's going on. The price dropped because of the Apple, um, Apple joint that's coming out, which the Apple joint is dope, but it's not for humans right now. <laughs> which it, is hilarious. It's literally for companies. Like, again, I work at Snapchat. We do AR and VR stuff all the time. And like, it's legit. Like I was talking to some developers and that's exactly what they said. They're like, the new Apple shit is super dope, but it is not for humans. I not cannot for- confirm or <laughs> Yeah. Not confirm that, no comment. Mm-hmm. But to that effect, the Oculus 3, they just came out, they dropped their price. And so I was looking into that pretty heavy because I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty dope, good price point, something that I could rock with a lot of AR and VR stuff now and kind of mess with that and then, you know, um, and do that. So, yeah, man, this it, again, there's a lot of good games stuff that we've all been playing. I really enjoy that we've, we're on that. And uh, I think. In the future tense, we'll we'll do some more game reviews later on as we start to like complete some stuff and that kind of thing. We'll definitely uh, circle back on more game stuff, but just to brush brunch out and branch out a little bit. But um, everybody, thank you for listening to us. You know, we ranted about video games, which is always a good thing. One um, last thing. Go ahead, wrap it in. Wrap it in. Kill the Justice League is not as bad as reviews think. Wait oh, till the game comes go. out. Play it. Oh. Uh, it's not an Arkham. Asylum Batman fight beat em up game. It's very different. Um, but for someone that thought the game was going to be bad, where I played the alpha, it's not as bad as people think. So give it a shot. That's it. Yeah. And that's that's a big endorsement considering their last, DC's last game, Gotham Knights. Oof. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so, I think, um, I think yeah, that was I, free on, it was free on PlayStation. And I was like, do I really want this? And it's free. Like, ooh, yikes. Yeah, my ooh. nephew uh, bought it on on his Xbox when he still had it in his Xbox. He's since gotten a PlayStation 5. But he, when he had it, um, he returned it because that's one of the good things the Xbox allows you to do um, because it was just that bad. It was it was not a good game. So I'm happy to hear that at least Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is not as bad as people think it's going to be because I was honestly looking for. Yeah, it looks cool. I mean, it looks cool. Of the, of the premise. Oh, this is the funny thing I would mention about Kill the Justice League. Uh, so I had the alpha and my dumbass turn on the 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 um, Twitch and I got instantly banned for like 20, 48 hours. Because oh, I, wow. I forgot it was alpha. I was just like, oh, let me just. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. And and uh, 
I, I was playing like the first three minutes and then my stream just immediately cut off and I got wow. got banned for 20, 48 hours. And it was like, you can sign in to take the one strike off. I was like, I don't care. I don't have a Twitch following like that. <laughs> so I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to just wait. And then I just sign back in. But I, I do recall uh, right when I started, right when I started uh, playing the game, it had like, oh, this is an unreleased version. Basically for your eyes only. I was like, ah, whatever. I didn't really care. And then, uh, after a few minutes, I was I got booted off Twitch because of a uh, copyright, or whatever third party infringement, or whatever. And uh, yeah. so I was banned. Well, they had that whole indie, yeah. So, but yeah, if you get an alpha or a game that's not released, don't stream. So, yeah, you're you're basically you've signed an NDA, and until they release that NDA, you're gonna you're liable. Yeah, they were like, oh, we're going to take away your Twitch account if you do it again. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I didn't. I did not give away the nuclear codes. Come on, man. Yeah. We're, we're talking about a video game. Everybody's yeah, I, play I get it. <laughs> yeah. Cam, you're on mute. Yeah, that's pretty hilarious. But yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we're, we're going to do some more um, like <laughs> Happy New Year's to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> too late. Yeah, right? too late. Too late. Um, but yeah, thanks for rocking with us and we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.